Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello. Hello. Another remote session. I know, this time for a far more exciting reason than everybody having COVID. Yes. I managed to avoid COVID, the being in an infested house for a week. Yeah, that's crazy. That does kind of happen, I think. Yeah, I was the worst nurse in the entire world as well. I didn't cook one meal. How did you eat? No, I cook, I like looked after myself, but not my sick boyfriend. <laughs> he just wasted away in the other room. He just ordered delivery every day. And then I text my friend that just saying, God, I'm the world's worst nurse. And she said, you're just a feminist. I don't know how nurses do it, truly. It's like very hard to be selfless and caring to others. I know. I was being so snappy. <laughs> Stop being sick. I was like, just get over it already. It's only Omicron. I remember when Zach had pneumonia and we were at the hospital and this nurse was really mean to this old woman that kept pissing herself. And it just made me so upset at the nurse because it, it <laughs> seemed so horrible. But then when I thought about it more, I was like, that would be really annoying if like it just happened <laughs> over and over again. She was like, just tell me. And the woman just kept not doing it because obviously she couldn't help it. But I was like, if you're having a bad day, that would be very frustrating reminds me of and just like that when sarah jessica parker had to wee herself because miranda was getting off with shay that scene was so cursed i actually have tried to like completely disassociate from all of that happening it was horrible it was was really 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 (laughs) traumatic it was so bad it was like something out of a horror movie i did not like it no okay so before we got on i was on twitter looking at the most trending topic is Love is Blind Season 2 star Shake finally apologizes to Dipti. I'm so sorry that I hurt you. And he just did a IG live about it. Did he? Too little too late, my friend. Too little too late. He also, a listener sent us his Instagram story where he'd been offered a podcast. That is, like, 
how do you even get offered a podcast? Like anyone with a spare $49 <laughs> and garage band can launch a podcast. True. Hardly an achievement. No offense to us. I guess it's getting backed by some stupid company. But yeah. That reunion, we just obviously have to discuss. We've been keeping most of the Lovers Blind chat to the Patreon, but today it's making it to the main episode. It's spilling over because, yeah, we need to talk about Shake and then talk about Lovers Blind Japan, which is the best, like a far superior show, I would say, but I'm, you're further along than I am. I'm only like three episodes in. No, yeah, it's a, it's a far superior show. It's Yeah, okay, let's go firstly to the reunion. This is just the show that keeps on giving every single week. I'm like, there's more to come. It was truly unhinged from about 30 seconds in. I just remembered one of the craziest parts. This when Shake, so yeah, from about 30 seconds in, Shake starts interrupting everyone and talking over everyone. And the whole cast obviously hates him because they've seen the way he acted on the show and the questions he asked women and the way he treated Dipti. And and then they also say at one point, because we kind of were like, last week we were saying, why was she responding in such a way at the wedding where she was kind of being so rude to him? And we were a bit shocked because she seemed like she liked him the whole time. But then... We found out in the reunion that all of her castmates and all of her friends had been warning her not to go, not to marry him. They'd just been like, do not fucking marry this guy. He's been talking so much shit behind your back. And then they said on the reunion that what they showed on TV was like not even the half of it. Yes. So I tragically listened to Dipti being interviewed on Nick Vile's podcast. (laughs) I didn't even think I was that invested. And then I saw that she was on there and I was like, I need to watch like listen to this and he also interviewed Shayna and now I kind of like Shayna <laughs> and yeah so Dipti was saying that before the reunion just like we just filmed the reunion really recently and I just found out all of this stuff that he'd been saying about me and it was so much worse than anything on the show and also what wasn't shown on the show was that he is not that close with his family so he'd hung out with her family heaps even after she rejected him and her brother's spoken out really aggressively against him because he hung out with her brothers heaps and her family treated him like a family member and they would hang out with groups of friends and all this stuff. So he's just like a dodgy bloke, (laughs) a dodgy vet. Wait, he would hang out with her family heaps when pre-wedding? No, I like post, I don't know if there's a gap between when filming finishes and the wedding happens or there's obviously one between the wedding and the show coming out because this all happened over the course of like a year or two, I think. Yeah. But whatever it was, maybe she'd heard some stuff at the wedding, but not as much. But basically they still stayed friends because he was posting pictures with her at Nobu on his Instagram account being like, everyone's no. giving me shit. Stop with the Nobu. Yeah, but he was like, this is who I took to the Nobu reservation. Like we stayed friends after the thing trying to show that Dipti was like being duplicitous by saying that she didn't like him anymore. But then she said at the reunion, no, we stayed friends afterwards. And then I started hearing more and more from cast members what he'd been saying. And then as the show came out, I think more cast members told her other stuff. So it's super shady. And then he just kind of doubled down, I think, on it because he was like, I'll get fame out of being a villain. But then it just didn't really work because he wasn't like charming or funny. It was just it was it kind of was just sad. I didn't feel bad for him, but I was like, this is just like a sad spectacle. It just showed a narcissist in action. He genuinely believes that he's not in the wrong. You know how like Tipti was just like, 
this is mind blowing. Like she was like, I'm so just, I can't comprehend that you can't comprehend what's going on right now. Mm. And, and that's just like such a frustrating person to be around because they just won't, they can't or they won't see another side of it. And, and that's exactly what he was doing where he kept speaking and he kept thinking that he was going to convince people of like his opinion or that his point was right. But because he hasn't taken on board anything to do with what anyone else has said or any criticism or like any self-reflection or thinks he, he plays any part in it, it just comes across as so insane. Totally. And that thing that someone said where it's like he's a, tv character i don't know if someone said that on the reunion or it was in the podcast but that he is like living in a movie where he's the main character and he thinks he's like hitch like that will smith movie where he's like a smooth talking like bachelor type and he delivers these lines that he's sort of in his head will land in a certain way and they just come across as so random like when he called Vanessa Lachey hot. He was like, the only person I want to have sex with here is Vanessa Lachey. I was like, what? And then I was like, you've come here with this. That I was going to say that was the most crazy part of the whole thing. My jaw was on the floor. It was like so out of line. It's not even funny. There was stuff that it was shocking the producers kept in that he was saying. It almost just felt like they just let the cameras roll and just uploaded it in full because he was saying stuff about the behind the scenes of how it's shot and like breaking the fourth wall, but it was just so wild that they just kept it all in. Yeah. So I feel like everyone's obviously seen this or has completely zoned out, but yeah, Vanessa Lachey is obviously Nick Lachey's wife and she was like berating him for his behavior. Mm. And then he said, we're all animals. We're all animals. You can't help oh my god i was just like shut the fuck up that's just such a like sexual assaulty excuse yes he's like you can't help how you feel rah 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 i'm not attracted i'm not sexually attracted to any woman in here and all the women were like thank god and then he just turns to vanessa lachey vanessa lachey who's sitting beside her husband (laughs) and says except for you vanessa Her and Nick Lachey are so random as well. Like Nick Lachey said the randomest, most like non-committal thing to shake. And she was like, that's my man. And I was like, yuck, I hate this. <laughs> he was like, oh, don't be so shallow or something. And she was like, yeah, <laughs> I hated it. They're random as hell. So who's he? He's from a boy band or something. I don't actually know where he's from, except that he was married to Jessica Simpson and they did that TV show together. Oh, newlyweds that's right you're newlyweds oh my god so when vanessa was saying i'm nick's second husband she meant after jessica simpson after jessica simpson yeah precisely wild i want to posit something controversial here which is that while the way shake was speaking was disgusting i do feel like there is a certain hypocrisy where i feel like because so many of the guys on those show were just like shallow beefcakes that he kind of is saying things that a lot of them would think and behave in that way but wouldn't say it out loud i don't think it 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 like justifies in any way it's gross but i kind of got what he was getting at where he was like this is all just so fake where everyone's pretending they're all here because they're great ethical people for the right reasons and they don't care about physical attributes when they all fucking do (laughs) and i'm the one who said it so i get painted as a bad guy but obviously it's just horrible to say <laughs> yeah i know what you mean i do know what you mean some of the things he said was made sense yeah i was like all these guys are fucking shallow and all these girls are probably shallow to be honest none of them were tested with a very short old balding man but 
we kind of do know that women are less superficial with that stuff. Women would put like women don't care really what you look like if you're like funny and charming. I know, but I don't like him. But I kind of I kind of saw what he was trying to do. Nick Vile brought up in the interview with Shayna how like Kyle was kind of weird and creepy, but just not because that wasn't how the show was framed. People felt sorry for him. Like he. She was like, I want to break up with you. I don't like you. And he just kept being like, we're going to make it work. He just wouldn't take no for an answer and kept kind of like chasing her down and saying he loved her and like not listening to her. And because the show wanted to paint her as a villain and him as the bad guy, that wasn't questioned as like a topic at the reunion, right? And that hasn't really been a conversation. But then I get what he's saying as well, where there is just framing, where if you want the person to be a bad person, then their behavior is fine. And if you don't, their behavior is good. Kyle also was out of line and weird when he said that his biggest regret was that he didn't go after Dipti. She had like no say in that. She would have just been like, I didn't like you. There was never a romance with them. And he's just being like, damn, my biggest regret is that I'm not married to her. She's like, yeah, the similar thing. She's just like, do, do I not get a say in this? I know. I don't like him. There's something about him. I just, and it's not no. just his nose ring. There's something else that is like creepy and unacceptable <laughs> about Kyle. I just don't like it. I love Sal. He looks sexy with his oh, beard. Oh God, give it up. I'm going <laughs> to marry him. I'm going to slide into his DMs. He can... Serenade me with a Stop song. Stop trying to make Cell happen. There was a TikTok where this girl was like, this is what my brain looks like all day. And she was like, my fiance looks like Beyonce. And I was like thinking about it for like five hours. And I remembered that was Cell's like, <laughs> song. Oh my now. God. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I want him to sing that about me. Okay. So Love is Blind Japan. Yeah. It's harder to watch than like a long and complicated documentary because you've really got to watch. It's not a background watch. That's the thing. I said that to you as well where I was like, I'm finding it really hard. I, I just thought it was showing how bad our attention spans are because I was like, oh, my God, just obviously with Love is Blind Japan, you have to watch the screen because you have to read the subtitles or you have no fucking idea what's going on. And I was like, why is my attention span so bad? Every two seconds I just want to look at my phone or look away and then I have to rewind it. But then you pointed out that obviously these kinds of shows are shows that you have on in the background when you're like online shopping on your phone at the same time and kind of zoned out. So I've been really watching Love is Blind Japan. It's much slower than the US version because they spend a lot more time in the pods talking. And I think more couples come out of it. I can't actually remember the final tally. But... It's just so sweet. The men are so respectful. It's also, it's kind of a funny thing to watch as well because culturally I think we're just missing a lot. And also at the same time, I'm like, I can point out, not that it should be about physical attractiveness, but I'm like, I can point out who I think is physically attractive, but I don't know when they meet. I can't tell who's going to be. Yeah. The, you know mm-hmm. how you can with with the US one? You can tell who's going to be excited and who's going to not really or who who's who's punching. With Love is Blind Japan, I just can't figure it out. But when they all meet, it's really adorable. The men, they meet on this gorgeous little bridge, which we briefly talked about on one of the episodes last week. They meet on this gorgeous little bridge and they bow at each other and it's all very respectful. And the men never, like basically ever, speak about the woman's appearance at all. Not before and not even after meeting them. She's just not really a factor. And then they do a similar thing where they move into, they go on their little honeymoon thing to a hotel and then they move into apartments. 
but it's just so much more. It's it's what the US version wants to be and that you're really invested in quite a few of the couples. It's really gorgeous. There's three couples that I absolutely love. I like the comedian and his girlfriend. Are they cute still? Um, I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> no. I just spoiled the show for myself by going on their stupid Instagrams while I was waiting for you just no. now. And then I ruined, ruined one of the... But in a, in a nice way, found out some happy news about one of the couples I love. But yeah, the cultural things are, are quite funny because this one girl who I really love, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, Minami, she is an architect. She's gorgeous. And she gets paired up with this guy who's a doctor who's a bit older than her. And they attractively and kind of style wise and everything are quite aligned but then he keeps saying things about how she speaks or like the way she acts and her quirks and kind of just putting her down and saying she needs to change. No, I don't like him. And she's so cute. And and she said that all he needed to do was pick up his hair in the bathroom and then he likened that to her changing her whole personality. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you told me to pick up my hair, so you need to change your whole personality. So she made me cry the other day. Well, but yeah, it's, it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. Sad to know that men are similar all over the world. Yeah, I loved, from what I've watched so far, I found it so interesting. I think some things are language barrier and cultural barrier, but there was a scene where it was two people in the pods and he said, okay, how high am I am I up on your list? And she said, okay, you're between second and third on my list, but I think you can get to first if you tell me like what you do for a job and where you live and blah, blah, blah. And they're just fully serious. Like it's like a very logical, logistical thing, which I actually thought was quite cool to watch. And, and they're super direct as well. Mm, they're just very honest and they don't talk about annoying yeah. American things like soulmates and God mm. <laughs> and Jesus. Yeah. And they're all very like naturally stylish because I was thinking when I was watching it, are these like the tragic fame hungry people of Japan and they're all very like cool and stylish or is reality TV culture just different there and it's not? You know, people on Love is Blind aren't very, like, cool. Yeah. No, there's the hottest hairdresser guy who's just so my type, <laughs> down to a T. And then he pairs up with the cutest girl who's, I don't know how to explain it. She's just, she basically, they just wouldn't have met in real life. Like, they never would have actually dated. And it's really cute because when she meets him, she's, like, scared of him. <laughs> she's just so shocked by how he looks. She can't get over it. She just like she's just like wow, and then she keeps talking about how her parents are gonna freak out because he has blonde hair. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, he's a hottie. He's very well dressed as well. He's such a hottie. I like the girl that had a pet chinchilla, and I looked up what that is, and it's like this kind of mix between like a rat and a rabbit. It's really cute. And then the guy had one as well. I hate the girl who sings all the time. That's just very jarre, and I, I I just like don't condone singing in like a lot of situations i I just think it's very (laughs) embarrassing and not okay so she keeps doing that so i think she there there are a few i think we're like we can't tell but there are a few obviously she's a singer so she wants to kind of get a profile then there's priya who's gorgeous she's 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 really pretty yeah she won miss japan for two years Uh but i think she's pretty genuine they're all just the, – all the girls – most of the girls are really cute and genuine, but there's one who was really funny. She was – she's annoyed me from the start. Her voice is, like, just painful to listen to, and she keeps laughing at everything. And then 
you find out that she picks a guy for money. But, but I was like so zoned because she was just like, it was between two guys. One was younger and one was older. But I didn't realize that the older guy had money. He must have said it at a point when I was gave into my Depop cravings. And then she kind of starts crying at the camera and just said, everyone's going to think that I'm choosing money over love. But I kind of am. am. Wow. Yeah, they never really go into money on Love is Blind US because everyone kind of seems poor. <laughs> Like, no one seems... Yeah. Apart from when, in the first season, when... What's her name? Told Barrett? Amber told Barrett? Oh, yeah. She was in, like, she has no money. She was just like, I'm in so much debt. And he was like, God, and had to sell his house and, like, pay back all her loans. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. I also thought it was interesting, last thing I'll say, is that there was, like, a, it, like the nuances of Japanese culture, which I know not very much about. There was a bit where a girl said, oh, you know, I'm worried about telling him that I'm half Korean because I'm, like, of mixed race heritage. And then she told him and he was like, no, that's okay. Like, my grandfather's Korean. And I was like, "That's there's so many, like, little things that we just wouldn't have any exposure to if we didn't watch a dumb show like this. So I love it. Yeah, I found that on Indian matchmaking mm. as well. They're very particular about, like, which region in India – you're from obviously your cast is a factor but even just yeah where you live and stuff love very interesting i'm like that i guess with the any new zealand men who <laughs> have done any kind of fishing or <laughs> pig hunting in their lives i think love is blind brazil will be like like in my brain everyone will just be so hot because i just think that everyone from brazil is like ripped and like shirtless yeah we should watch we'll watch round next two. up next on lovers blind recap podcast okay on to the best podcast i've listened to in a long time we talked about the a24 podcast which has been around for ages and i only just discovered like two weeks ago and you knew about it a while ago with alexa they just partner up these like amazing unlikely people and there's this episode with alexa demi and nathan fielder who's a, I don't know if you call him a comedian. He has like a TV show called Nathan For You that's really amazing and hilarious. Um, yeah, I'd never heard of him. It's so funny. You have to you have to watch it. I think you'd like okay, it. I'm going to watch after this. Yeah, <laughs> I think you'd like it. <laughs> you, can, you can never like pinpoint my humor. No. Can you? Because I always, I'll send you like the stupidest shit and you're just like, I wouldn't find this funny at all, but I find it funny because you're like laughing. Yeah, you make me see things in like a new way. <laughs> <laughs> um but this podcast was amazing mainly i thought he would be interesting because i haven't really heard him being like seriously interviewed he always seems like he's like kind of taking the piss but then she just ended up being i just got the the vibe obviously off her that she was cool but she's like the most legendary person ever yeah she's so funny she kept saying things in the interview so for starters you text me and you're just like why is this girl so iconic in high school she went and bought all these sunglasses from downtown LA and then just put jewels on them <laughs> and then just started selling them. And then like Nicki Minaj and Beyonce and all these people wore them. Well, she became like really famous in Japan. She was like, you know, and then I was like in my last year of high school and I was being flown around the world and like dressing these like <laughs> Japanese pop stars and there's Barbie dolls in Japan of these pop stars wearing my glasses. And I just realized I wasn't getting paid enough and I was like enough and I didn't want to do it anymore. And I was listening to it and I was like, is this real? It's just so crazy. She says it so casually and it's nuts. 
Yeah. And then she was obviously, she was just saying funny things where she said she tried acting school and she just hadn't like found any, like getting any parts until Euphoria. And she dropped out because <laughs> acting school kept telling um, you to be like, a, a, what was it? They tried to get her to act like a gasoline pump. <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and then Nathan Fielder was like, could you do it? And she was just like, well, yeah, I mean, it was just standing there. <laughs> and then they said that he said that they made him be an animal or something. And then she said that she acts like a animal all the time in her house. And he thought she was joking. And then she just said that, like, most days she'll get on the, on the ground and start. She says she, like, roaring. And yeah, like, like what's what's the word? Like how panthers move really slowly with their shoulders. She'll like walk around, like pace around like a like a jaguar on all fours in her house. Like as a kind of therapeutic activity. It. And then when she said that, I was like, that actually sounds like something really like pleasurable to do on your own for yourself. Like you know that childlike play thing that we just don't do anymore because it's weird? It was so like good to listen yeah. to someone say that. And then she said that people have animal energy that they should experiment with physically and that hers was a big cat so that's why she does that because it makes her feel in tune with herself and then she said her energy from nathan was that he was like an owl or a hawk so he needed to do like wing movements (laughs) to get his energy like released that's really funny and it does make a lot of sense i think that all the time i used to be such an imagine i would just imagine things and make worlds up Mm. And be daydreaming all the time. Like I know most kids do, but I was just like, I'm a fucking writer now. And if I just tapped into that when I was younger or or fostered that, surely I'd be able to write some sort of cool Harry young Potter. adult novel yes. about yeah wizards or vampires. <laughs> I know. I remember like I'd, I'd pretend to be a zebra. I don't know why. A zebra. My mum had like a she had like zebra print <laughs> heels, which I would actually kill for now. I was looking at some zebra print shoes the other day, and I would like get on all fours and wear them and like pretend I was a zebra and like walk around the house. And nay, I don't know. I'm gonna start doing it. <laughs> Maybe that'll scare your mouse off. Oh my god, I love. So Izzy sent me this like brilliant TikTok that had a very good tactic for getting rid of a little mouse, which is covering it with a lid and then escorting it politely out of the premises. That was sent in by no less than like three AWD listeners. That's my plan if he comes out again. But I don't think I'll be seeing that boy for a while. When he came out, he ran out the other day while I was having a break at work and I saw him and I was telling Izzy, I just went, mouse. (laughs) I like ran (laughs) at him. You were were watching a scary TikTok at the time. I was watching a scary TikTok and he appeared like, in my peripheral line of vision. No. He's such a bad boy. Um, okay, so, yeah. Task for the day, everyone. Pretend to be an animal in your own home. Send us in which animal you mm. feel most connected to. I do think a bird is something that's, like, drawing me in right now. Is it? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I see for you. Alexa also said she licks her cats. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know why I don't do that myself. But she said she found her cat and wanted it, wants to give it the experience that it would have had having a cat mother. So she licks its head. That's so cute. Mm. It sounds gross, but I guess cats are, like, really clean. But yeah. I don't think they can get to their own head, can they? So if one part was going to be... No, they can. They use their paw. They oh, that's their... so cute. Cats are really cute. 
they lick their hand and then wipe their paw across their face. But yeah, I mean, I kiss my cat like on the lips daily. So. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> <laughs> There was a semi-viral piece that came out this week on Business Insider about Scooter Braun, which I like just – I can't believe that's actually his name. He <laughs> – basically, I think not as many people have read it as would have read it because Business Insider has, like, the gnarliest paywall. And if people don't know, the pocket trick. Yeah, does it get through pocket? It gets through pocket, yeah. Ugh. So this piece is really interesting. It's the first – big deep dive on Scooter Braun really that I've read. I think that exists because he is like so protective over his image and everyone kind of knows who he is vaguely because of Justin Bieber or Ariana Grande and now because of Taylor Swift, but people don't know that much about him. And the journalist who wrote this piece, Anna Silman, when she tweeted it said, this was one of the hardest stories I've ever reported. Many were afraid to go on the record, citing Braun's reputation for litigiousness. For months, Insider received threatening letters from his lawyer, Marty Singer, including one that I had deep ties to the Taylor Swift camp because they unearthed some like pieces she wrote when she used to work for Entertainment Weekly or something that were about Taylor Swift. But she'd written about like every celebrity. And the story is basically about how Scooter Braun has cultivated this nice guy image. And since this Taylor Swift beef, it's like everything's kind of falling apart. He's he's so concerned with his image that he was posting things about his wife all over Instagram up until the day before she filed for divorce from him, which is like kind of Kanye vibes. Mm. And he has fallen out with like all of his big clients apart from Justin Bieber because of how much he meddles in their personal affairs. And he's the guy that discovered Justin Bieber. Like he found him on YouTube when he was 12 and like completely fostered his career. So wow, Justin's probably tied to him more so than any other celebrity he's had. But it says among the accusations are that Taylor Swift hated slash severely disliked him way before the drama with him buying her records because she was best friends with Selena Gomez and 
he meddled heaps apparently in the Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber relationship and would like plant false celebrity stories and like play the camps off one another and kind of encourage him to be like a playboy and really undermined the relationship. So Taylor Swift just really disliked him because of that. And she called him like a manipulative bully. And apparently the same thing happened with Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. He like orchestrated the whole relationship and then orchestrated the breakup in a way that left Pete Davidson really blindsided. And he's the one that pushed through the thank you next release and like all of this stuff. So Ariana Grande dumped him as her agent because he was interfering in her personal relationships too much. Really? I didn't realize that. I was going to ask where Ariana Grande stands because she stuck up for him at one point with this Taylor Swift drama. Yes. Interesting. She dumped him and then I think they got back together maybe. The biggest things are basically about how he's like not a nice person to work with. And it says, behind the scenes, some people said, Scooter Braun bore less and less resemblance to his nice guy image. Other managers have public personas directly in line with the way they behave. They're known as tough guys on behalf of their clients. And they'll say, I'm a motherfucker, but I have to be this way because of my job. An entertainment insider said, the open secret about Scooter Braun in the industry is that he personifies hypocrisy at the highest level. Wow. Also dramatic revelation was apparently that when all that stuff was going on with Justin Bieber, when he was having his like meltdown, he was hanging out with a rapper called Lil Twist. (laughs) And apparently Scooter Braun would plant fake stories about Lil Twist in the press to make it look like he was the reason Justin Bieber was experimenting with drugs. And because he's a young black man, it basically negatively affected his career because he was seen to be as the bad influence on Justin Bieber and it was actually the other way around. And there was something mm. about like him taking the charges against Bieber when he was caught with marijuana so that Justin Bieber's reputation would be protected. So he just pretended it was his to look after Justin Bieber. So he's like Fuck. a dodgy dude. It's surprising that, I don't know, I guess Scooter Braun realized that Hayley Baldwin was a good match i'm surprised i guess yeah just i guess justin had all his partying ways and it probably looked good for him to settle down with Haley bieber and also i think Haley's really close with them isn't she she's probably super close with scooter she yeah. understands the she understands the brief it's so interesting when you think about it because remember when ariana grande i think ariana grande and pete davidson got engaged like a really similar time to Haley bieber and Yes, super quickly. And they were both super quickly and they both had like the exact same ring. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. And like people Scooters in with Lorraine Schwartz. Literally. And they were saying like the devil works hard, but Scooter Braun works harder. It's like, I wonder if he literally orchestrates to this level where he like makes his clients get married when he tells them to. And like, because even the Justin Bieber stuff where they did that like documentary for youtube about their wedding that's so crazy considering how famous they are like that's got him written all over it it's just so creepy the amount that these managers kind of the amount of power they have over these artists and so much of it we don't even realize like i didn't realize that um obviously we know all the shit that happened with kesha but i didn't realize that I think I said this on the pod after I met her, that Jojo was <laughs> Jojo, iconic Jojo, mm. was had another thing with management where they had prevented her from releasing another album for her entire career. Like they just ruin people's lives and we just don't even know about it. Because when you're we talked about that with Taylor Swift, when you're young, you sign on and you sign away your rights because that's the done thing. So you just don't really have much without them. 
the piece also said that the only thing that Scooter Braun hadn't banked on was like making enemies with someone whose image is even more tightly controlled than his is which is taylor swift and it's like Mm. she is kind of this master of narrative building and that's kind of been my problem with her in the past is that she's so powerful but she kind of weaponizes looking like she's not powerful to like meet her own ends like that was the thing that i felt like bothered me with the kanye kim stuff and it seems like it's happened with this as well like she will know exactly what she's doing that she's gonna like bury him but yeah She'll be like, it's coming from a good place, so fuck him. And then she just comes across as this. It's like, I kind of, I love it. I, I yeah. love, I've always said I love that about her. I just wish she would be more forthright Own about it. the fact that she does it. Yeah. A queen, a strategic woman. I know. She, yeah, she's obviously just so smart. So hopefully that's the end of Scooter Braun. Do you still have like a soft spot for Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber? Because in my brain I do, but I don't. Like I didn't feel it when I was young at the time. Mm. There's just something about that, like, story, I guess, that's romantic to us pea-brained women's. I guess it's just cute because it was a first love thing. But I don't think they should be together at all. Yeah. I remember when Hayley Baldwin used to tweet that they were the cutest couple ever. (laughs) I know. I love – I mean, I'm stoked for Hayley. I feel like she's really – I think they are a very cute couple. I'm like very big into Justin and Hayley. She manifested that marriage. She's proof that manifestation is real. I cannot (laughs) believe that they lasted. He proposed to her after like six weeks. It's actually crazy. But she's just a patient. And I think she, I think that relationship, she just worked for years. She was like, I'm going to put in the hard yards. I'm going to teach this boy about therapy. I'm going to be like a mum. And fully just not give up. And then she would have like finally gotten him to a point now probably where he's actually a good competent partner. Yeah. And it's sad because all the reasons he wouldn't have been would probably be like because of Scooter Braun. Like I know that he made him extremely <laughs> famous, but like he, yeah. you know, there's like Michael Didn't Jackson Usher stories. also make him famous? I feel like we can just put that on Usher. Usher. <laughs> I thought Usher discovered him. Is Scooter Braun apparently i don't yeah i don't know i don't know who's it said in this piece that he's the one who saw him on youtube in a video that had literally like 600 views which is creepy i'm like were you just trolling the internet for young boys singing in church (laughs) (laughs) we need a piece focused specifically on that yeah i have some questions i put a thing on the awd close friends the other day that everyone lost their shit over and it was an interview of Leonardo DiCaprio on the red carpet and the person from ages ago and the person was like what have you been watching and enjoying lately and then he was just like oh I've been really enjoying euphoria (laughs) it's like of course you fucking have of course you fucking have I know it's probably sliding Sam Levinson 20s to get more fucking scenes with Sydney Sweeney's knockers in them (laughs) okay on to the topic of Platonic life partnerships, Love. which I wrote about in ID. It's out like later this week at some point. But basically, I think it kind of sums it up in the headline, but basically platonic life partnerships is when two best friends, aka Grace and Isabel, decide <laughs> to do their life together, kind of like as if any romantic or just normal sexual couple would, but without any sex or sexual romance to their relationship so essentially it's just 
people, what I love about it is it's like people just opting to put friendship love, different kinds of love above romantic love. Because what I was finding out in this piece, which was quite interesting, is that society, everything, the law perpetuates that romantic love is the most important kind of love. That's why people get married so that they can be next of kin and so that they're legally protected. And like, if you want to raise children together, it makes sense. All of that sort of stuff. But that that is just a, that hierarchy is just one we've constructed ourselves. But studies show everywhere that different love, like familial, <laughs> family, love, mm. friendship, love, uh, even love towards animals makes us feel the same way as romantic love does. So basically all of these people are just opting to platonically marry or platonically spend the rest of their lives with their best friend or with another person. And they kind of do it in the same way as a married couple would, where typically they'll live together. They'll usually have separate rooms, though, share finances as married couples would and plan and their futures and their lives around each other. And I just think it's gorgeous. I love that idea so much. It's actually so appealing separate bedrooms <laughs> my biggest takeaway it's like having your own room yes i've been having my own room because my boyfriend's been sick with covid and i'm like i'm not i'm literally not going back to the bedroom i'm just not this is heaven i know i think there's all the time where i'm just like it makes so much sense when you're young all you want to do is have your own space where you can put like your books and your stuff and your thing and you can lounge around and watch tv and do everything your way and then when you become a couple, you just have to have this like bland room that like reflects neither person's aesthetic choices or preferences. And sharing a wardrobe is just hell on earth. But mm-hmm. yeah, and like basically this this concept is just not even a new one. It's been around since it kind of became super popular in the 17th and 18th hundred centuries where the term Boston marriages was used to describe kind of more wealthy women who had the means to not have to rely on a man because... Back in the day, you'd have to get married. And then if you got married, you'd have to give up your job and be a housewife, basically, so that they could succeed. And all of these feminists of the time were just like, why would we do that? Let's move in together so that we can share these financial responsibilities because the world is not set up for single people. It's set up for couples. Like you can't even pay. It's like impossible to pay rent in a one bedroom apartment by yourself. So they would pair up and live together. And obviously some of these relationships would have been like people hiding lesbian relationships, which were illegal at the time. But researchers have found that just a lot of them weren't. A lot of them were just smart women just saying who needs to pair up with this man and get married and lose our entire sense of self. So let's just live together. And it was like really unstigmatized at the time as well. Like romantic relationships between friends that aren't sexual. They were just more caring and loving and yeah, romantic. Like you'd seen, they'd send love letters to each other, and it was really normal. And now it's just, it would just be so weird to be like that with your friends. Even though I think for women, we do feel very romantically towards our friends. You talked about your own experience growing up, where after your parents divorced, your mom moved in with a friend, and it was kind of a similar vibe to the Boston marriage for a period of time. But that, like other women you spoke to as well, have plans to adopt or co-parent as friends, and I think that's a really interesting. It's, it's an example of the fact that, like, this has actually been a way that people have parented or lived for years, but it's just because it's been unofficial. We haven't recognized it as a legitimate way of, like, child rearing, whereas now people are using these institutions like marriage to get married and adopt as friends when that's actually mm. a much healthier way than a lot of the way parent setups end up raising children. 
So the the term platonic life partnerships has been kind of taking off on TikTok recently with a bunch of people in platonic life partnerships just posting how they live, answering questions, talking about whether they date romantically as well and like quite a lot of them do date people do date people romantically. And what one of this this girl April was saying to me, she's one of the most her and Renee uh the most kind of high profile peer on TikTok and we talked on Zoom. They live in LA. And she was saying that what is really cool about dating when you're in a platonic life partnership is it takes so much pressure off it, which I found just so interesting because when you get to like your late 20s, early to mid 30s, suddenly dating is just it's not even about just going out and having fun and dating the like hilarious guy who you see no future with or hilarious girl who just is a kind of manic pixie dream girl. It's all about a future with them and plans. And do they want children? Do they want to get married? And do they, it's about finances. It's really, really fucking boring. And she was saying, it's so nice because it takes away any pressure because I already have my person that I'm doing all of that stuff with. And so it just keeps the romance alive in, in like everyone she dates, which is so nice. That actually speaks to, I know I'm like a bazillion years late to this, but I just started listening to that sentimental in the city, oh, the yeah. Dolly Alderton Sex in the City podcast, which I, I have I just started listening to on a walk. I haven't listened to much of it. But she was saying that actually about dating in your 30s. There's something very like unfun and unsexy about it. Not for everyone, but for people that are like you say, there's this unspoken fear of like, oh, my God, this is almost an interview for a life partner it's just the spontaneity and fun and joyfulness is gone and it's replaced with this like heaviness of okay (laughs) do you want Mm. kids do you have a mortgage do you have kids already are you divorced what's the deal like there's this weight to it that is not fun whereas if you can put all that heavy stuff as being things you do outside of relationships and it like frees up that space to be fun and playful and whatever this is such an esther perel kind of thing because she always says we expect our romantic partners to be our everything we expect them to be reliable but spontaneous and we expect them to be there for for our every want and need and just splitting that out amongst people or putting that instead on a best friend who you know you can rely on who you who feels like a sister who will just be there for you through everything is just such a like great solution for so many people and I don't think it is a one-size-fits-all thing and April was kind of saying that like one of the biggest questions she gets asked on her TikTok is people saying, where do I find a platonic life partner? And she was just kind of like, you either have someone in your life who you can see this working with or you don't really. And also for a lot of people, putting romantic love second won't work either. Like, I don't think it would work for me. And and you have to be really honest in your communication with if you're getting into a platonic life partnership because it can't be one of those things where it's just a for now until I find someone romantically or it's because you're lonely or it's because, you know, you're going to be with this person until you find someone, yeah, better. Like with all of these people I spoke to, that that's romantic. Finding romantic love and replacing their platonic life partner is not the goal at all. None of them want that. So I think you just need to be really like honest and open about it as you do in every relationship. But then also like the other thing, that so many people were saying is 
you know, what if someone does fall in love? And obviously that is something that could happen. You could fall in love and meet someone that you never envisioned you would want to do any of these things with, but suddenly you do. But that's the same in any actual romantic relationship or just any marriage. Like the chances of them ending because someone's met someone else or circumstances change. It's it's very similar. So interesting. I Mm. I like, I love... I love hearing about this. I just think it's really cool. Yeah, it's also massive, obviously, in the queer community as well. And a really amazing thing for people who are asexual or aromantic. Yeah, I was going to say it must be very popular if you're asexual or aromantic because it's just like the perfect setup. And people are having like way less sex now anyway. So it's like a... Yeah, but we're having way less sex. As we talked about on the Valentine's Day episode, we're in like an increasingly single world. Mm-hmm. We are in a loneliness epidemic. We're in a housing crisis. It just makes sense. The housing thing is such a powerful thing as well. I just like wonder how many couples in the world are literally together because of fucking real estate. Because like it's it's preferable to living in a share house with randoms. Seriously, girlies, if any of you are in a Boston marriage, please hit us up and let us know. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that the piece or like the people I talked to touched on. It just sounded, I don't know, their relationships just sounded so loving. I spoke to this woman called Lindsay, who's in a platonic life partnership with Andy. And she was just saying they've been living together for 10 years. They've lived across three different states together. And they just see this being their long-term future. She's aromantic and he dates outside of their relationship he's he's queer and she was just like I can never imagine feeling happier in my entire life than coming home to my best friend every single day yeah I miss that so much I was speaking to someone else recently about it where I was just like I really miss living with friends like that feeling of coming home after a hard day and sitting down on the couch and having a wine with your mates or like watching Fleabag or just going in and lying on their bed and just talking shit yeah. It's just, it's just the nicest thing. I don't know why we ever stop that when we get old and boring. It's so random. It's strange, right? Yeah, now you're saying that I'm I agree. Yeah, like even sleepovers. I guess mm. you just can't logistically, but that used to be so fun when we'd have sleepovers all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you would stay at my house like all yeah. weekend straight and we'd just wake up and do stupid things where you lie around on the couch together and then I don't even know I can't even pinpoint exactly when that stopped but it just stops and then suddenly hanging out which is actually another (laughs) interesting thing I've been thinking about hanging out becomes this kind of forced thing especially because of the pandemic where you're planning a dinner or you're planning I think actually we might have talked about this already on the pod you're planning all of this stuff and it just feels really serious and I just I just miss my favorite kind of hanging out is hanging out with people where like you would just come to my house. You used to just walk over and we'd have no plans for the day, no plans for the entire weekend. And you'd come and like lie on my couch and we'd put some shit on the TV and then maybe we'd go and get food and then maybe we'd like lie outside for a bit. Maybe we'd read. And then we just don't do any of that stuff as we get older. It's so true. I think that like moving in together and getting married and like whatever stuff changes it so much because like, the dynamic of the houses as you walk into them is just different. Like if you walk into like 
your best friend in the whole world's house and it's their house with their partner the energy when you walk in is just not the same i I don't know Mm. because it's like shared monogamous energy or something it's like you just (laughs) don't feel i don't know it's weird it's like so true now you're saying it i'm like you just it just shifts it's like that that the like monogamous romantic unit becomes this like little shell that you're in and then you like venture out of it and then Mm. if it gets breached by people there's like this like weird discomfort or something yeah it's so lame I I just hope that this kind of thing just normalizes it so much more and makes more people realize because actually it was quite sweet I mean you've you know this because you've read the piece but it was quite sweet I interviewed April and Renee and then I interviewed another couple Steph and Helen maybe and they were saying that they knew that their friendship was special, you know, that that kind of soulmate feeling where you just you talk about each other as if you're twin flames, you finish each other's sentences, you want to be around each other all the time, and they knew it was special, but that they didn't understand that they could have a platonic life partnership until they saw April and Renee's TikToks. And I think mm. that's such a beautiful thing because it's actually making people realize that, oh, this is normal and this is viable. Because I think it would be like such a weird thing to kind of approach a friend about at first because it just feels like you're trying to I don't know yeah you'd be like oh you in love with me and you're like yeah your coded (laughs) way of saying it or like I remember talking to a friend's dropkick musician boyfriend like seven years ago and he was basically saying that we've kind of talked about this but like women are just outpacing men like mentally so much that there's gonna be this like overcorrection period where men are gonna be like wait what the fuck where are all the women gone (laughs) And at the time I was like, okay, but now I'm thinking about it. And I think that is kind of what we're moving towards because if women suddenly realize they can do this and they love spending time with their best friend, but they are worried about being left behind because everyone's panic, like moral panic, what do they call like social contagion where everyone just starts doing a behavior because they're in a panic. Like that's literally what happens Mm. when you turn 30 and people start getting married. Like they're not even getting married to people that they like that much. They're just panicked. So if you remove that panic and you say – nah, we're just going to like hang out together and we're still going to have a mortgage and we're still going to hit all of these life goals. Like if we want to have children, we can have children. If we want to buy a house, we can buy a house. If we want to blah, 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 have a dog, have a pet, we can do all this stuff. And then if we meet someone, it's like great, but it has to be really good. If that actually took off as a concept, that would like change society in the most insane way. You'd feel so safe. You'd feel so secure. You'd be doing all of these, the same milestone goals that you like, I think that was one of the things that I hadn't I, I'd thought about it, but I hadn't thought about it in a way where I was just like, it is so fucked up the way that society, just the way society pushes us, like not even kind of uh, socially, but structurally into relationships to survive mm. and to get ahead in life and to be mm. able to live and have disposable income. And well, like I wouldn't be living. I, I moved in with my boyfriend in November and it was because we were about to go away for six weeks and it made no sense for me to be paying rent in a house that I wasn't living in. And I already spent a lot of time at his house. But I'm like, I wouldn't want to live with him if it didn't make sense financially. I would much prefer to be living either by myself or in a house with friends that I really want to live with. But I can't live with those friends because those friends are living with their partners because mm-hmm. of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Very interesting stuff. Great stuff. Love it. The big awakening. I can think of like literally three friends who I could do that with. 
Yeah, same. It's a lovely idea. It really is. (sighs) Anyway, off to propose to Grace off screen. I know I was going to say, get on one knee, Izzy. (laughs) Accept your Boston marriage. Oh, my God. There should be a Netflix platonic life partnership. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Where they just follow the partnerships. (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say a dating show, but that makes no sense. Not a dating show, a like pairing them up show, but that makes a no reality sense. reality TV show, yeah. Surely those girls have been approached by Netflix. Yeah. Have you seen that stupid new Nick Lachey Netflix show and it's called The Ultimatum? Yeah, I know. That's fucked as well because – so that's like – That show's um, like immoral. That's so immoral. Basically, it's where one person in the couple wants to get married and the other person isn't ready. So they grab all the couples together and then throw them in. They pair them up with someone from another couple and throw them into a house together and see if they want a bus. I was like, yeah, that is so fucking insane. Because also when you have been with your partner for so long, you close yourself off to other options. But then if you're throwing them in a room with someone who seems like mysterious and exciting and who's like looking at you as if you're a piece of hot meat, which your partner doesn't do after like a year of dating you. That's just a recipe for disaster. I'm going to watch the shit out of that. Love it. Love. The ultimatum. Okay. Okay, Bye. bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.